what, Jamie? Let's pop off right now. We gotta get started. <laughs> we gotta go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get the people in the chat. Hello everyone and welcome to Hit and Hustle from IrishSportsDaily.com. I am your host, Greg Flamong, and with me as always is Jamie Uyama, Mr. Jamie University. It is Tuesday, September 12th, and we have a mailbag show for everyone. It's Mailbag Tuesdays, as always. We've got a bunch of questions about the team, uh, offense, defense, uh, coaching, grades. Jamie's given everyone satisfactory so far. We're going to talk about that. Uh, and all the other questions from irishsportsdaily.com subscribers. So thank you, everyone, for being here. If this is your first time catching the show, please hit the like button. Please hit subscribe. Please hit the notification bell so you know that we're going live. Uh, if you prefer the audio form of this show, links to the podcast are in the description below. Jamie, Abe, Abe Froman is here. The Sausage King of Chicago. The Sausage King of Chicago is here. He is missing a work teleconference for this show. First of all, Abe, thank you for being here. We love it. We love to see you. Uh, we love to see you on the show. I, you know, look, if you're missing the work teleconference, you know, as long as I hope, just make sure you're staying gamefully employed, Abe. That, that's what we're looking for. The Sausage King uh, needs to be, uh, needs, to, needs to get the sauces out to the people. Uh and Abe, if you are on the work teleconference call, you know what you need? You need ESQ bamboo dress shirt from ESQclothing.com. Uh, ESQ has created the world's first, first bamboo dress shirt crafted from high-quality bamboo fabric. It's the softest and most comfortable shirt you'll ever put on. It's not only more sustainable than cotton, but also feels cooler, has stretch, is odor and wrinkle-resistant, and it's even machine-washable. It pops on the teleconferences, it pops. Well, not teleconference, because that's on the phone, and you, no one sees you on that. But you know what? You want to feel good, Jamie. You want to feel good on the teleconference, and that's what you will do. Uh, you've seen ESQ's one-piece collar bamboo dress shirt. It's the perfect shirt for today's business meeting. Business meeting, Jamie, or heading for a night out. Use ISD15 and get 15% off all online items. You're on the Zoom calls. You don't want to wear pants. You don't want to wear dress pants. You want to wear, you know, jogging shorts on the Zoom calls, but you need a, a nice quality shirt. And um, uh, is is my is my audio bad, Jamie? You sound fine to me. Okay. Uh, Tyler says he's had uh, um, audio, so maybe it's just a uh, Tyler thing. All right, everybody. Thank you for being here, uh, Jamie. I uh, before we get into the questions, I just wanted to. Uh, I just wanted to kind of rehash, like, you know, I've watched the game a couple of times now. And uh, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't be more impressed with the coaching job that uh, Al Golden and Jared Parker did in this game. I, I, I think that is my biggest takeaway for me is just the way that those guys um, had the team ready to go, made adjustments during the game. Um, Al Golden didn't really have to make a ton of adjustments because I think the plan that they had was good. And uh, they had those guys ready to go. So I, I, I was very impressed with that. I'm completely with you. I think that, um, you know, with Parker, it's so easy to look good as a play caller when everything's working. 
Yeah. You know, when all your guys are winning up front, when you just have the better athletes and it's just, everything is clicking like every basically everything you called work. And, and that was a lot of um, the first couple games was that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that like, you know, yeah, he gets high marks for that, but everything looks good. And it's, it's easy to call the next play when the last play is successful. Right. Um, and he just did such a great job of being like, okay, this isn't working. What do we got to do? And it was like, obvious that was like a plan. Like they, they had, they had that planned in um, with the stuff with the imbalance and, and, and the play action, the spider two wide banana and all that. But just, that was so, so good. Um, that was a, a fantastic job by him. And obviously um, I, I don't even think the offense executed the, that great in this game, but they still managed to have all those big plays, you know, and I think a lot of that has to do with him. Um, and then with golden, I just think the defense as a whole, you just see them playing faster and everybody is just playing at, at such a higher level. And um you have to play to your opponent and what you're going to do, like what your opponent's strengths and weaknesses are. And they absolutely exposed um, what NC state can and can't do specifically Brandon Armstrong, you know, just like made him a pocket passer and he was not good. You know, he was not good as yeah. a pocket passer and um, just everything they did kind of in behind. I think people, people should go to Greg's, Twitter and check out some of his breakdowns of some of the stuff with the, that the safeties were doing uh, great stuff there, Greg, with the, Thank you. W- with the, with the, uh, with the stuff, with the robber stuff that people should check out. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit too dense to kind of get into here, but people should definitely check that out. But when you kind of see that and you see what got, what they're doing in terms of disguising stuff and um, switching things. And it's not like, it's not overly complicated, Certainly not for someone who has played, right? It's not overly complicated, but um, it can look complicated to uh, the the offense, and that's the yeah. that's the main thing, right? And uh, and then they go out and execute it. So just kudos to both those guys for doing a tremendous job in this game. Yeah, the d- defensive plan was immaculate, and it was uh, it was paid off by the players who who executed that plan um, very very well. And look at you know I love it when the safeties. When the safeties are the stars, Jamie, I just get all excited. Uh, tears streaming down my face watching it. It's just, it was really good stuff. Um, stop asking for my name. Did I actually catch this live? You did. Congratulations. Thank you for being here. Lo- love to have you. Love to have you in the show. Um, okay, Jamie, let's let's get in. Did this not click on? What's going oh, on? There we go. There we go. Uh, it's not uh, did i get it okay yeah. um let's see iris one says uh i not flying on an airplane this time iris one on the last show was on an airplane catching us live we've got we've got some people just making sacrifices for the live show you love to see that uh what do you think about the rotation for the running backs and receivers should they stick with a similar group or a smaller group of each to allow them to get hot or do you like what they're using everyone what do you think there jim I mean, it's not a big group right now that that, that they're really using, right? Like, yeah. um, I mean, if you look at it, like, um, they, they, I mean, they use four. They probably shouldn't use five. Like, four is fine in, in the backfield. You, and how they're backs, used, yeah. yeah, running back. Sorry, um, like four, four is fine. And 
if you look how kind of pain was used, he really only had a couple of carries and he was kind of brought in like as he's the passing game back, right? Like yeah. he's, he's passing situations, like obvious passing situations. And that's because of pass for stuff. But like the way they used price and love in this game was great. You know, like just mm-hmm. adding them in, they were very additive to what, what they did. And obviously uh, Audrick Estime is the guy who was the lead guy. And, and, um, you know, and he, he got the snaps that produced that, but they never really had these drives where they were like running it down their throat. So it wasn't like, um, you know, someone was going to get like, he wasn't going to get like 20 carries in this kind of game. This wasn't yeah. a 20 carry type of game. Um, and they really didn't even run that many plays to begin with really. Uh, but in, in receiver wise, like, I mean, it's a pretty small group that's playing, right. There's not that many guys that are playing. So, um, I, I think it's been pretty good. Like, I don't know if you feel different about the receivers, Greg. Well, they only, ro- they only rotate six. So yeah. it's like the receivers and the backups. Um, so it's like, th- you want those guys to be free. You want fresh, you want fresh players. There's no reason not to, if you guys have ready, to, if you got, if you have guys ready to go, um, who you feel confident that you put them in the game, you can run anything you want. Um, and the fact that they are in that place with two freshmen is, is a very good thing. So I, I don't, I don't mind it. Right. Like I, there are times when, you know, like, and we're going to get to this question later using speed on the field. I I do think there are times when it's not that I don't, I don't think they're afraid to throw the ball with like Rico Flores in the game with like Jaden Greathouse, for example, or not Jaden Greathouse, but Jaden Thomas. I don't think they're afraid to throw the ball in that situation, but I do think I, I do have a concern about what they can run with those guys on the field because there's a speed element there. Like neither of those guys is a really like I'm going to stretch the field type type, and so I'm a little bit concerned with that. But generally, I'm totally fine with the, their rotation there. You, you play six. I mean, some teams play nine. You know, so I, I think I think they're um, I think they're totally fine with that. Um, Jason Smith's asking a question about uh, how many plays a game is the offense averaging? I know in this one, they had 61. Um, I don't think they're over 65 for the, for the year though. Um, they didn't have that. They were under 60 against Navy. I don't remember specifically what it the was. The Navy game screws it all up, right? It's yeah. like, that's why you can't really like, um, and then even with the Tennessee state game, right? It's like, the averages are just different because of how you play those games and, and how, and even if you look at this game, um, this game was like three and outs and explosive plays. Like it was it like they had 12 total possessions. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, was it 12? I thought it was more. I, th- I think it was because they had six scoring and, or maybe it was maybe seven. They, no, had they had six, seven scoring six, drives. Yes. So, I mean, so it had to have been because they had six three and outs. So maybe it was maybe it was they like had 16 13, total 14. drives. It was 16 total 16. drives. 16. Okay, that's a ton then. That's a lot. That's a lot of drives, right? Yeah. So um, but again, it's like it's because they weren't um there's not like 10 play drives in there. So it's like yeah. um they're and they're not playing at a uh, at a crazy tempo uh all the time, too. So mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've never been one of these guys like, who cares about the amount of plays? It's points. It's right. points. 
points matter, right? And that's why like yards per play and, and that kind of like efficiency stats are more important than than actual like number of plays because total yards can be totally misleading. Um, yeah. You know, if someone runs 95 plays, it's like, yeah, they get 400 yards of offense. It's like, that's not really a good game. Yeah. No, I mean, Notre Dame ran 61, NC State at 78, you know, so that like 78 would be in the higher end of what you kind of expect. Yeah. Um, I think upper sixties, lower seventies is usually, you know, where you end up. So, uh, but I think the question is more into the, like, do they need to have a heavy rotation if you're not running a ton of plays, which, which might be fair, but I, you do want guys who are involved in the game plan to get in the game. Right. You, you feel yeah. like they're ready to go. Um, Iris Bronx says, with uh, Notre Dame receivers struggling at times to gain separation, do you see Braylon James as a viable option toward the back half of the season? Think Tate, Fuller, and Lindsey in their first year, and then he has a follow-up right after. Speaking of Lindsey, how good would he look with Hartman at quarterback? Um, second part of that, I was actually thinking about yesterday. Like, he would – they need that element where it's, like, just over the top. Like, I, I, he would be a very serious weapon for Notre Dame this year. I don't think he'd have a ton of touches. Like, basically everyone on the team like i don't think there's a ton of touches out there for any one particular player and Lindsay's not a guy where it's like oh yeah like we're gonna throw him 10 targets a game like i i don't see him being like that but they do need that element on the team um what do you think of them trying to activate braylon james uh jamie i think it's good in theory but I mean, everybody, it's like the same thing with Tobias Merriweather last year, right? Like, it's yeah. really great in theory. Um, but, you know, there's got to, it's got to get to a, a, a point, right, where that person is ready for it, right? And um, I think, I mean, it's a good problem to have, to, to have him possibly there. Um, but it's just one of these things, like, where is, where is he at um, in terms of being able to play? And can they can they use can they use them in a certain thing like that's that's a perfect example of a guy that you're like, um, I mean, I'm not thinking that this the Tate Fuller and Lindsay in their first year. First of all, Lindsay that was like second year for him, so it was right. Lindsay did bit, not as a freshman; he did not yeah, get in. So it was a little bit a little bit different. But I, I mean, I always just think of Chris Brown, where it yeah. was like it's just it was like, hey, we're playing Oklahoma this week, Chris Brown. Get ready. We're, we're throwing you a couple deep balls. Like, and yeah, one of those was huge in the game, right? So I think he could be that kind of thing. Similar to Tobias last year where he caught the, the slot fade for the touchdown against uh, um, Stanford. And, and obviously Tobias would have played more at the back half. So it would have probably looked a lot more like Fuller or something. And, and if, if he was healthy, right? So yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's, it would be great if it happened, um, but it's one of these things like people just think like, yeah, you got to get this guy. And it's like, well, if he's only, if he only can go out and just run go routes, it's like, then you have to use it at the right time. Because if yeah. you can't do all the other stuff, because look at, look at how good, like Jade and great house and people are like, wow, what this guy's a freshman. And then you have the, the pick play, right. Where he gets called on mm -hmm. and you're like, well, yeah, he still is a freshman. Like it's, yeah, there's these things with it that there's other pieces of it that that go into playing wide receiver and knowing all this stuff too and like checks like or they make a check and he doesn't know the right thing like all of these things go into it so we don't really know where he's at but talent wise yeah it would be awesome if, if they were able to get him in 
Yeah. Um, some context on Chris Brown. They, they obviously he caught the one against um, against Oklahoma. Um, they had him. They had him on those routes like very early in the season, though. So like Michigan State, they missed him twice on a deep ball. Uh, they missed they, the first play of the Michigan game. They sent him on a streak, and and Golson threw a pick, throwing in his direction. Uh, so they tried to get him involved there. So he was always there. They finally hit the one against Oklahoma. I, I think there's two things to this for me. Marcus Freeman hasn't talked about him now. He hasn't been asked about it, but like I think that if he was close, he would talk about him being close, and he yes. hasn't. Um, if they were to send him. This would be a really good week for it to show it to Ohio State. Like we have this guy, and then you could put him in the game against Ohio State, and it's like, hey, they got this guy in the game. They're going to send him, and then they do something else with him. And it's it'd be easy to like. And now this is when people like people are always asking about wrinkles. Like that's a wrinkle that you could throw in if you want. I don't have like I think with 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 Tobias last year. And famously, Jordan Johnson in 2020, everyone wanted him on the field. That was to solve a problem. I don't think Notre Dame has a problem with this the way that other people think. Because if you look at their passing game, Sam Harmon's averaging 11.1 yards per attempt, which will not continue. If it did, (laughs) it would be elite, elite. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like that would be very exciting. It will not continue. If he, if he, if he kept it like at like nine for the year, that would be tremendous. Okay. 11.1 in my opinion is not sustainable, but the point is, is that thus far Notre Dame has gotten explosives out of the passing game. Um, but they haven't in the way that I think, you know, is traditionally thought of. It's like, going over the top with a post, like something like that. They haven't hit that one, but they've hit other ones. Obviously, they had Tobias on the long catch and run. They had Tyree on a long catch and one. They got Holden Stays up the seam. They had uh, they had Mitchell Evans up the seam. And I think that when people talk about the receivers, you know, having trouble, you know, like separating, like this was a game where Jared Parker and Notre Dame saw a weakness with the Schritch routes, that happened to be that the tight ends were the ones who were going to benefit from those routes. And you have receivers, you know, uh, you have the slot with Tyree on one and Tobias Merriweather on another. They run the switch and they they take the the they take the safety, the middle safety off on a post, and they clear that out, and it clears the way for the tight end to hit up the seam. Like in another game, they could scheme a wide receiver for an explosive like that. And then no one has these questions, you know? So, like, I think the way that we're thinking about the wide receivers, like, I hear people saying, like, Jaden Thomas didn't step up or had a bad game. Why did he have a bad game? Why? I I don't see that he had a bad game. He had the one play on the sideline where he could have made the catch. True fact. Um, But, like, you know, it's a tough play to make. He didn't make it. But, like, they didn't throw in the ball after that. I don't think he had a bad game at all. It, it just it, he didn't have the opportunities that other players had. Same way with Tobias. Same way with Deion Colsey. It's, it's some games. It's it's going to be a Holden stays game, and so you know you want more from him. But I don't think he had a bad game per se. 
I just yeah. think it, he didn't have those chances. I, I think the way to look at it is that it's it's not being like, man, this guy sucked or whatever in the game. Yeah. I think you can look at it like he got four uh, targets like early in the game and didn't get targeted again. If he was really like wide receiver one, he, they're finding ways to get him. For sure. Him, right? So I think that's the way to look at it is like, you know, he can't comes out of camp. He's wide receiver one. It's like, well, he's maybe Notre Dame's wide receiver one, but he's not a true wide receiver. It's not like he's Michael Floyd. And, and that's the way to kind of look at it, right? Like, yeah. He's, so um, it doesn't mean that he might not have other days or mm-hmm. these other guys might like have other days, but that's kind of how the offense is built right now. And by the way, I wanted to bring up too that, you know, USC um, 18 explosive passing plays, 20 plus uh, or more yards right now, Notre Dame 17. So pretty good, you know, like yeah. I, I would say, you know, right, right now, um, you know, obviously both have played three games. So that's why it's, it's relevant too, which is also, but it's also insane. Mississippi uh, 20, 21 in two games, which yeah. Okay. Like uh, lane, lane gonna lane, man. But uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, CFP hurts asked about Tyree being able to take the top off. Theoretically. They haven't they haven't really put him in that position yet, so I guess that remains to be seen. I can't say that he ha- he can't do it because he hasn't he hasn't tried it. They haven't tried and failed, but it they have we haven't seen it yet. It's oh, so a lot of this stuff is matchup related too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Are you gonna, are you going to play a team that like mans up a safety on Tyree? And if that and that's something that they're going to do a lot because if that's what you're going to do. Then yeah, that's where you're like, okay, we got like a guy, a, you know, a safety who runs like a four six. This guy's got to cover Tyree. Like yeah, that's when you take your shot. It's like so much of it is like matchup related to to what you do. It's like it's why people too were getting, uh, you know, oh man, the tight ends, and it's like, well now how Holden stays whatever stays might catch one ball next, you know, yeah. like that's just how how it might be, right? Like. Um, so much of it is matchup related. Yeah. So let's, let's, um, I'm, I'm not as fretting about the whiteouts as some other people, not that Iris Bronx was there, but, um, some other people kind of do that. Um, Silverback says, uh, barring injury, I think it's likely Rudolph sticks with Coogan, Carell, and Rocco as the starting interior O line. What type of strategies can or are commonly implemented to add support if they struggle in pass protection? Well, I mean, some of that is what they're doing. With the, it's it's what you're doing in the passing game, right? Like mm-hmm. if you are like going to do like more quick game stuff, and some of it is just not like that. You are going to just oh, we're just going to do a ton of quick game, but you mix it in more because then these guys can. Um, I'm trying to kind of explain it that people get so like when it's if it's like a quick pass a guard can hard set, which means like they are like, they're not dropping like deep in, in, Mm -hmm. in, in in their past, in their past uh, set. Right. So Mm -hmm. they're playing that like fast and physical and like hard there to play it because the ball's going to get out quick. Right. And that's different. That's a lot easier for a guard than being like, okay, we got a seven step drop or whatever. Right. Like, so some of it is like mixing it up to kind of protect those guys and stuff too. Um, that's part of it. Some of it is like play action, 
and RPO stuff, right? To, mm-hmm. to, to do that too. And it's like, well, these guys don't have to worry about pass blocking much because they're run blocking all the time. And these guys are always um, worried about run. So there, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. I mean, some of it is you can, you can help somewhat in terms of like getting like, uh, like the tackles can help a bit, like, but you don't want those guys to have to have to help them because then that could leave you exposed where all of a sudden you got a pass rusher against a back or a tight end. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you don't want to be in that kind of situation. So I think it's more like call related that you would kind of help them through that. Yeah. Um, another thing they could do is play better. That's also on the table because like some of this stuff is, is like you said, some of it's games, but like there was a play in the first, um, it was a, I don't know if it was the first quarter. It's hard for me to like think back because of the delay. Is it like early in the game after the delay or early in the game in like the game? But they sent us this. They sent a safety, I think it was, on a pressure, and he comes and he crosses the face of Carell, and Carell just kind of whiffs on him. Yeah. And it's like, hey man, like you're. You this make is it. like you're you're a senior. Like you can't miss that. Like that's mm-hmm. not. You shouldn't be missing that. The play where Hartman uh, gets strip sack on was twenty four seventeen the third quarter. <laughs> like that's a three man rush there, and three players lose the player who ultimately. Um, it's the it's the two guards in Corral. They just lose, uh, they lose the 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 one tech inside, and then Hartman probably thinks I have time to get out of here because it's a three man rush. I don't need to worry about someone coming in behind, and he and he splits the three defenders like you. That should not happen, right? Like you can't help your guards any more than it's like you, there's three of you to one guy. You can't help them any more than that, right? So like stuff like that. Like that's just like, hey, play better, you know. Like let's let's yeah. uh, let's do a better. Job I mean, here. I, I will say though, this is this is the problem with if you look at the game though, because you're like, man, they gave up four sacks, and you're like, man, that's bad. But it's like the I mentioned it on power. The misses were loud, so they it, those looked worse. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, it's like you can get beat and you can lose on a rep. Like that happens. Like no one, no one is a hundred percent ever. Right. Like no, no one is a hundred percent in their assignments in pass pro. Like it just never happens. Um, you know, cause the other guys, especially when you're playing like a good defensive line. Right. Uh, but if you lose, you gotta be able to like recover a bit and like make up for it and give the other guys a shot. And the problem is, is like, you know, with you saw with like, like Rocco um, early in the game, like he was losing loud and yeah, those that blows up the play completely. Right. So, um, you know, that's the thing too, with, as Jason Smith mentioned, Blake Fisher, Blake is good most of the time, but when he loses, he loses loud. And that's just, you can't, you just can't do that. Like you have to be able to be better. It's like, okay, you get beat around that. You have to like get enough of a piece to allow Hartman to step up. And then on that same play, Rocco can't get like driven on this. There's all these other pieces that go Mm. along with it. So um, I don't think the protection, I mean, the overall, the protection in this game wasn't bad at all, but it's just like the misses were loud and and you can't have that. Yeah. So like sometimes you have a missed protection. I mean, a perfect example, a perfect example is against, um, against Navy, right? Where uh, Audric blows a protection and Sam, sidesteps him 
and yeah. he throws a touchdown to Jaden Greathouse. Or Jeremiah Love throws a protection and Sam gets the ball out to Deion Colsey, you know? And it's like, those could be fumbles in other situations. And it's like, oh, you know, Audrick, you got you can't do that, right? But th- for these guys, it's like, is this like a real problem? So it's not always that when you lose bad, you it ends up in a fumble and it costs the team. But sometimes it does, right? But it has to be fixed all the same. Um, so look, and, and this is a good point from the Sausage King, Ig Froman. Uh, great thing about the line making mistakes and taking time to gel is the schedule uh, didn't open with Ohio State or, or FSU. Um, you know, true fact, right? Like they did have time and you want to see it against a team like NC State, right? Like you see it first. Marcus Freeman talked about like they weren't ready for the intensity of what NC State brings, you know? Yeah, it's a huge step up. And so, you know, lesson learned and uh, and you move on. Yeah. So I think, and, uh, so, so, sorry to interrupt, but just no, you're good. if uh, it's like one of these things too, that I don't think that people take into account is that like, that is basically like the first game for the, the offensive line in a real yeah. way. We're like, okay, you're playing real guys now. You're also playing on the road for the first time in a hostile environment. There's like all these other factors that go into it, you know, with the weather and all that kind of stuff too. But um if that game is at home, it's an easier, it's an easier game for an offensive lineman, right? You're doing it on a, you're doing a silent count. There's, there's these other factors in it. And then you hope that, that that's the hope is that like, well, that gets better. You know, that gets better. Like when they, next time, obviously when you play Ohio state at home, but also when you're playing Duke on the road, cause that's probably going to yeah. be like, that crowd's probably going to be pretty lit for at least by Duke standards. Right. Uh, that's a point that Michael Hoffman's brought up. Um, he's just, you know, we play a faster, more talented defense. Um, I, I think that's Ohio State specifically. I think Duke will be similar to NC State defensively. And the thing about Ohio State and probably even Duke is you can't you can't count on those teams just not covering the tight end out of the backfield. You know, it like that's so bad from Ohio NC State. Like you got you got shredded by the tight end leaking essentially from a fullback position it's really bad okay so that's not good um and you can't count on that from them right and so that's where it's like that notre dame found a win a way to win in this game and they found a way to be explosive on offense in this game against that team given the problems that they had up front um and so you know you need to they they need to get better right just just experience and move on so, um, uh, Duke stadium is like 50 K. Uh, let me tell you something, Troy. Uh, it can, it, 50,000 people is a ton of people. <laughs> that is a lot of people, you know, like, it, especially if Duke is good. Here. If Duke yeah, continues yeah, yeah. to be good, it, like be that's going to be loud. Here. It's going to be like loud, yeah. people. I remember during COVID when it was like, Oh, there's only going to be like 30,000 people, uh, in the stands for Notre Dame. It's like, I understand that that's like, they, it holds 80. So I get it. But like, have you ever been to like a big high school, like playoff game? That's only like 10, 12,000 people and people. it can rock is, you know, yeah. so 50 K is a lot, especially if they're uh, uh, fired up. Oh, Brian's here. Thanks for being back, Brian. Brian Chesanak. Uh, thank you for the super chat. All my state friends were like, it was self-inflicting wounds. I was like, there's a, here's a self-inflicting wound, not recruiting someone to cover big 13. 
You got to You got to It's it's a bad job by the staff. You you got to You got to be ready for the tight ends when you play Notre Dame. That's that's how I feel about it. Um. All right. Next question. CFB hurts with with we got great pressure on Armstrong blitzing five plus. I don't know that Notre Dame brought five plus too many times, by the way. But when we rushed just three three or four guys, it seemed like we were focusing more on keeping him in the pocket rather than trying to shed blockers to get to Armstrong. Would you agree? And if so, would you expect that to change against a less mobile quarterback? Cough, Kyle McCord, cough. First of all, Kyle McCord's not a bad athlete, just in case people are wondering. Like, he can run a little bit. Like, he's not going to, like, look to run as much as – Armstrong would, mm-hmm. but he's a, he's a pretty decent athlete. So uh, don't be surprised if he uh, runs a little bit and, you know, he can, he can do some damage with his legs. He's a, he's a good athlete. Um, I think, uh, I mean, they definitely were strategic about how they rushed in this. Yeah. Game. You could see it. You could see it. Right. Like um, you just had guys who just weren't even like specifically trying to work a move. Like they were definitely like squeezing the pocket. And that was, that was fairly obvious on a lot of plays. Right. So, um, and that is purposeful because they knew that's how uh, Brandon Armstrong could win the game. Right. Like is that's, that's how they have their best chance. And and it's funny because, you know, uh, Brian mentioned the NC state, um, fans who are like self-inflicting wounds it's like nah man that's your personnel that's what they got right like yeah brandon armstrong that's who he is right he's not a pocket passer definitely not with these receivers right definitely not with these receivers and so they just had to make him a pocket passer and then he ended up being that guy he, he's he's not ac- he's not accurate consistently accurate um He's not a great decision maker. He, if he feels any kind of heat, that's why anytime there was a blitz, he's just like, boom, get the ball up. He's not yeah. even thinking. That's why there were so many chances to pick off balls and they 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 made so many plays there. He's just like, I got to get this ball up. He wasn't even thinking, right? And when he knows that it running is not uh, an option, you know, that's, that's what happens, right? So um, it was a really good strategy. It was, it was very smart that they did it that way. Yeah. I mean, look, it, 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 that's what you want from Al Golden, right? Maybe not the greatest recruiter ever, doesn't like it, knows how to scheme defense. And so, look, yeah. you got you to gotta take it. You got to take it, right? So that's, uh, that's, that's, important to, uh, that's important to note. All right, uh, CFB Hurts with another question. The first two games of the season, uh, we had a lot of long drives, but fans were complaining about the lack of big explosive plays. Then on Saturday, we had trouble maintaining long drives, but dropped explosive plays left and right. Was that due to NC State's aggressive defense selling out to stop short-medium stuff and leaving them vulnerable to big plays, or would you attribute it to something else? Um, yeah, I mean, they were selling out to stop the run. Yeah. They were definitely selling out to stop the run, which is why – that's why those uh, plays work, right? Like the 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 leak out to, to Stays and the, and the mm-hmm. one to Sherwood and then the other one to State – like – they work because they're like so geeked up and, and um, like the one play uh, where, um, okay. So the prior to um, the Sherwood touchdown, right. There was a third and short and, and I mentioned it in the rewatch notes on, on, on ISD, but like, it really wasn't that short. It was like third and two and a half. 
And I was like, I looked at it and I was like, why are they bringing four tight ends for this? Because it wasn't like a, just a, you got to get a quick like hit or convert. Like it was like, this is going to be hard. Like it's not a thing. And then obviously you're pulling everybody up. Like they were running it. Like it was like at the one yard line, you know, and mm-hmm. if that wasn't, um, I, I think that's when I, I bet Parker probably, if he looked at that again, probably would have changed, um, you know, the way that looked, but specifically on that play, they were trying to run a power and Spindler was pulling and he got like, stuck back because Evans got blown off the ball. You're talking about the third and two play, like the The third third and two and and a half. Yeah. Third and two and a half. That was like, they got a stuff on it. NC state got a stuff on it. And what happened was the, the, the backer absolutely just screamed in on like full speed, speed run at the snap on the blitz, timed it up and just blew up Evans. Evans had no chance. It wasn't like, even like a terrible job by Evans. It was just like, this is what the the play was, um, but the the and and that was a great play on that situation. But that's also guessing that they were going to do that. And if you play that way on uh, you know the with the other short yard stuff, which they did, that's how you get burned like that, right? Because if everybody's selling out, and so that's just one of those things where it's like. It wasn't the greatest call there, but the counter to it was amazing because he knew that that's what they were going to do. So even in the very first play of the game, yes, the line didn't do a good job, whatever, but it was 11 personnel and they had seven in the seven to six in the box. It was like, and you know, their Notre Dame's not running a zone read. So it's not like they have an extra number with, with, um, you know, the, the quarterback adding in. So they were, it wasn't a good situation for, for Notre Dame to, to run the ball there. Um, and even though they lost, but it was like part of the reason they lost is because of the extra guy, right? Yeah. So um, you have to be able to kind of take advantage of that when teams do that. So, and they did. So that that was a, a huge part of it. Yeah. And I think that it, it might be a situation where Parker needs to understand the way that a defense is playing you. Because, you know, like uh, Jason Smith says, Jared Parker set them up. You know, I I think what is more likely is he learned and he said, you know what? I'm not because it's third and two. Like you want to pick up the first down. You're not you're not using that play call to set up something else like you. You want to get the first down in that position. Notre Dame hadn't really been moving the ball at that point. Um. The thing is, is like, if you look at how the play is supposed to work, if they block it right, like, Estime might score. But it's just, NC State had been so aggressive in those situations. You're, 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 you're not pulling, uh, you're not pulling stays because he's in a, like a, a fullback position, but you're bringing him around, right? And then you're, and you're pulling Spindler. Like, there's so much moving parts there on a play when you know, like NC state wants to just hit you in the face. Yeah. And so, you know, Evans gets blown up. And so then stays has no one to block and Spindler has no one to block. And you end up with three players sitting in the hole unblocked because there's, there's no one there. But then, like you said, like, okay, learned his lesson, use their aggression and, uh, and set it up. Uh, so that, that's what that, that's, you know, and look, we I'm not talked- a big pull people at the goal line guy. 
I, or I in just, short yardage. Yeah. 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 Because, because like you said, any player that's being aggressive, like they'll just blow up the play before the puller can get there. Um, it, but we talked about last week about the importance of, of being a physical team in running the ball when it clues in the safeties and the corners, even if they're not like main run support, they're still always thinking about it. And that's where it shows up on all the tight end leak stuff where someone is responsible for him out of the backfield, but they're all looking in the backfield. They're all looking in the run, right? And they just, they just let him go. It happened multiple times. The touchdown to Sherwood. Evans is running by himself as well. If Hartman had two balls, he can throw two touchdowns. They're, they're not covering anyone on these plays. And that's why you do that. Because it's like, and that's why you play that way. Because it opens things up for other people. And that's how you get explosives out of a fullback leak, you know? So that's a good, again, good job by the staff. Good, good scheme. Uh, Sloth says, apparently, Estime and the coaching staff. Uh, except Freeman used hot dogs to fuel up for the impressive post-lightning delay performance. Did you two have a, a go-to pregame meal or halftime snack to fuel up for a game? I like pregame meal. Like, first of all, I mean, I'm old. We used to eat like like pasta before. Yeah, games. we like, yeah. I mean? like it was not. We weren't doing it right. We we, we would have like we pizza right. before the game. Yeah, like, we were doing like it three right. hours before the game. It's like have yeah. pizza. I mean, I will say oh. when I played in college, we had our pregame meal was like soup and sandwich pretty much. Yeah. Like that's what it was. It's like, um, that was like wh wherever, like whether it was like a home game or we're staying at a hotel, that's what, what it was. Um, I mean, during the halftime stuff, like, um, I mean the like power bars and stuff like that, like bananas, that kind of thing. Bananas, bananas, all that kind of stuff. Popular, yeah. yeah. That kind of thing. I've never had, um, I never had a, a weather delay game for mm. um, like uh, one time I had like I mean, when I was really, really young, I like I had a hockey tournament where it was like we we played a game and then I was like, well, guess what? The championship games in an hour. So it was like, well, stay in the, the dressing room. We're bringing in pizza like they they had that. That's like the closest I've ever come to having to eat in between um a thing but that's yeah i've never ha i've never had to experience it yeah i so i've never had a delay like that either um i was a very like i always ate a big breakfast because i was the type of person that as it got closer to the game like i don't want to eat it's hard for me to eat it's hard for me to because i'm just so i don't want to say nervous it, it before a football game I think people need to like realize how physical of a sport it is and you're you're getting your body is preparing for the physicality of it. You are going to beat up your body for two and a half hours, right? So there's a nerves aspect to that where it's like this is going to be a physical struggle. Um halftime I would try to I would try to eat something because by that point it's like the nerves are gone. And I need to, I haven't really eaten, so I need to refuel that way. Um, so that's what it was. I, I wasn't like a big pre-game -me, pre meal guy, but like pizza and pasta was like so, so, so popular at the time. Yeah, it was pretty which sounds Which sounds terrible to me it as sounds, a 42-year-old. Yeah, it's not When good, you're 16, but... 17, 18, it's yeah. like, yeah, I'll eat anything. I don't care. 
that's a that's a fun question though. Uh, Irish one asks, we are we are one a quarter of the way through the season. What do you think of each position group? How would you grade the coaching for each? Um, we had talked about this beforehand. It just it's hard to give grades because like like you said, we've really just had like a one game season so far. Uh, let me ask you this though: Who is there any coach? And I want to focus on the coaching staffs. Is there any coach where you say like that guy? is really doing a good job because I have an answer. Is there anyone that you're thinking about? I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's probably more than one guy. Um, I mean, I, I would say if I had to only pick one, I'd probably say Chris O'Leary and the safeties. Uh, but I mean, you could say you could pick the corners. You could pick, uh, uh, Jared Parker, you could pick out. I mean, it's, it's pretty, uh, I, I don't really think, I mean, th that's why I said, like, when you asked me this last night and told me about this, I was like, yeah. all B's, you know, like, I mean, every, yeah. or you could say all A's or A minuses, like everybody's done good. They're three and all like it, it, like you could nitpick certain things to make it go down either way, but it's like, well, I, I don't know. Like it, if you're going to say like, oh, well, Al Washington, because they won't, they hadn't get enough sacks. It's like, well, part of the reason why they didn't get sacks is because of this or whatever. Right. And like, also like, do you also count that Howard Cross is balling out or whatever, or that yeah. Riley Mills probably, I was saying to Matt that I thought this was Riley Mills best game that he's ever played for Notre Dame. Like that was yeah. his best all around. Like he had more impactful game when he played Virginia in 2021 pass rushing, but as just full all around run pass. This was his best game. And I think somebody mentioned in the comments that some yeah. NC state person said that too. And, and I think that's correct. He played really, really well. So it's, it's tough. I, I mean, I guess I would go with O'Leary. I don't know. Who would you go with? Rick? Yeah. Uh, CFB hurts in the chat has mentioned Dylan McCullough. Uh, I think having all of those guys ready to play and play at a high level, I, very impressive. I, I think you got to be impressed by that. I think Chancey Stuckey having Great House and Flores ready to go is impressive. Really young receiver group. Yeah, really young receivers. Like Tobias, remember, like he didn't play a ton last year. Um, so I, I think that's important to mention. Mickens, Christian Gray looks really good. Um, I think he's I think he's someone you should mention. I think Jaden Mickey's looked a lot better. Uh, Cam Hart, I mean, he, he should get credit for Cam Hart and uh, Ben Morrison as well. I mean, he's coached them. So uh, credit to him there. I, I But if I had to pick someone, I'm with you. I think it's Chris O'Leary. Absolutely. I don't know. Who is coaching uh, Thomas Harper? Um, I think he's kind of like, it's it's kind of mixed. Is it both of them? I think it's both, right? Okay. But he um, works, works with both. But Harper, he's, what a game. He's a huge, huge addition to Notre Dame. I mean, just enormous. I mean, he's going to have a tough – like, look, people are going – I have a prediction that people are going to freak out about him. Shared custody. CFB Hurt says that's good. Uh, people are going to freak out about him against USC, I think. He's got a really tough matchup because what they do with their slots is just tough for anybody. Um, also, a reminder why Tariq Bracey missing that game was just – Yeah, a big, like, a big, big deal. Huge. Yeah. I mean, Tariq Bracey and Cam Hart, that's, you don't want that. Uh, but Chris O'Leary, I, 
When have we ever seen three safeties in a football game for Notre Dame playing like that? They all make a huge play at some point. Ramon Henderson's making diving interceptions. It's just, it's, I'm so impressed with them. They, the, and the way that they are just passing off uh, responsibilities, like no, but like this is the way they play their defense. There are so many opportunities for bus or for them to be, um, yeah, G- Gilman, Elliot Hamilton, uh, CFB Hurts. That's right. The 2019 safeties. There, there are so many uh, opportunities for miscommunication and bus in the secondary, the way that they are, uh, the way that they are communicating to not just each other, but then the defense at large, you know, they switch, they are switching who the robber is and who has deep middle with motion, communicating that correctly, then playing the defense, the way that it's supposed to be played. Like he, they are really in check. They are really uh, on point making plays. It's just it, it, Xavier Watts, not, uh, the play someone mentioned it in the chat, not playing through the receiver on that play, jumping out of the way and still getting the pass broken up. Like there are so many little things that they're doing that are right. And and I who would have was safety not just one of the biggest question marks on this team? And so for the way that they played against NC State, just a huge performance. They were so important to the game plan and they really came through for uh, Al Golden and Chris O'Leary. So I would say of all of everyone, it's him. I think he's done the best job. And so look at the safeties, man. It's uh, I love to see that original bubs says ass. Does this offense feel like the 2012 defense? Mm, interesting. High profile media star that won't be a first round pick, but maybe Heisman finalist strength at all levels, a couple studs on the line, but just no real weakness. I think if there's a difference, it's that we'd have a young talent on the roster more than we did back then, though maybe you compare Love and Price to Kavari Russell. I think this is like one of these fun things that only a, a Notre Dame fan would do and have fun with it. But no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't really see it. I think like it's a fun, it's a fun kind of thing to talk about. But uh, I never even thought of it once. You brought it up, and I was like, uh, and then I was like, no, because like. <laughs> It's not the same, like, obviously, too, like, Teo, it's nice to say, like, oh, wasn't going to be a first-round pick, but it's like, I mean, Teo was, like, the most dominant player in college, like, the defensive player in college football that year, and they also had, like, you know, I guess you could say that Joe Walt is Stefan Tewitt, I mean, you could do these kind of things, but it's like, nah, not really. I don't, I, I don't, I don't really see it, but it's fun. It's fun. It's hard to compare an offense to a defense. Yeah. You know, like it, it, they're just different. Like there's no, like who is the, who is the Zeke Mata, you know, who's yeah. the Bennett Jackson? Like, it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to make those comparisons. The only thing that I think could kind of have traction is <laughs> like, like what if like there's like and look at if it, they end up undefeated that would be awesome but what if there's like this scandal where like 
Sam Hartman's rib, like it's not really his rib, oh, you know. <laughs> he never got his rib removed. He never got his. He rib never removed. got his rib removed. Like it's totally... It was a fake rib. It was he 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 got that rib at an auction or something like. Like they lied Canada to him like, or something. Thought it was his real, or they like, gave him a yeah. fake rib. He he yeah. did get his rib removed, but it was a that rib that you know that his mom made into a necklace is like, not actually. Deadspin is gonna break the story. It's like. A cat's yeah. rib or something it's not really his yeah. rib it would, would just be, be so uh it's so bad rob wozniak says mccord is named starter uh from now until the end of the season i mean he was the starter like he was the brown starter. barely played yeah. brown barely played netflix docuseries the rib um to, you hate to see. <laughs> oh we're broken um all right x or nd uh, 1994. Do you want to see Notre Dame do more unbalanced lines? How about more two backs with Price and Love? Not more unbalanced lines. I think to continue to use it, yeah, but not like do it all the time. Like it, it's like the point of doing it in that situation is like they never saw it. Yeah. So then you do it, and it's like, well, they got to adjust to it. They obviously didn't adjust to it right away. And then you counter from their adjustments to it, right? So that's that's why it worked. But if you start doing it and that's kind of how you're using it, and then then it becomes like too many teams to become ready for it, you know? So it's like you got to be kind of uh, smart about how you do it. You it, as If you keep building off of that, then yeah, then I think, cool. That, that would be great to see. Uh, two backs with price and love, like, uh, I mean, they did it once and it was specifically like they were trying to hit something big out of it. And it was because they were like trying to get a look and they ran love in motion and they were hoping that it was going to be man and the back yeah. would run with him. And then they were just going to counter back and that was going to be a huge hole and price was going to run for 60 or whatever. It wasn't man. And yeah. uh, it's going to be end up like a five yard gain or whatever. But like if, if, that wasn't then that would have like opened things up and whatever. But I do like, I do like that two back look like what they did with 21 last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the guys that I think would be the best in it because um, you can pass out of it. Or that's yeah. another thing too, where if we're talking about Tyree, like that is the perfect example of just like when he should go into the backfield and be in that part of it and you don't even really have to hand him the ball at any time maybe you can do yeah. one or something like that but like um yeah that that that's kind of what you do with it so i i mean i'm definitely would like to see them do uh more of that but not like it, again it's the same kind of thing you don't want to do it too much because you want to like have it for when um you know have that wrinkle for when you need it yeah and i think we'll prob what we'll probably see is something for each team that Notre Dame plays. I mean, not like not Central Michigan, but like they'll have something for Ohio State where it's like specific oh, yeah. to the way Ohio State plays defense. Like they'll have something ready to go there or USC or, you know, whoever, right? Like that is the, uh, that is the, the thing that can, um, that, that can, you know, put you over top in a game, right? Like, 80-yard touchdown that, that uh, Audrey Gusta may have. Um, oh, interesting. Jacob Paulus is talking about Joe Alt, t- tackle eligible, tight end from high school. Could be. 
Could be. Could be. Um, Lewistown, Lady Panther basketball. I was looking for a big year from Colsey. So far, it's mostly crickets. Are the other guys just better, or is it if Casey hasn't been open? Um, the other guys are better. I think it's the other guys are better, but there's also there's also like a what kind of big year were you expecting? I guess because Matt might be like I think yeah, if he ends up reset with the like, expectations, yes, yeah, like if he ends up with like twenty something catches, he has a touchdown already. If he has if he ends up with like twenty something catches for I don't know, he ends up with three or four touchdowns. Like I think that would be fine, right? He doesn't think- start. And he, and he backs up the best player on the best wide receiver on the team. Um, also, like, I think that uh, you can, you can, the, the reason too why Thomas is because you could do more stuff with Thomas, like yeah. in the run game and stuff, and, and in the slot, like where Colsey's a little bit more limited. So um, that's part of it too. Like, so even that's why with Tobias too, right? Like, Tobias, you can do all these different things with especially because he, he can be involved in the run game too. Right. So um, I, I would say that um, Colsey to have the kind of the same kind of year that he had last year is probably fair expectations. And, you know, if more opportunities come up, maybe, uh, maybe that, uh, uh, you know, he can have a bigger year than that, but I just, as of right now, he's clearly behind those other guys. Yeah, and and I, I, I the way that and it just popped in my mind right now, like I can see him having like a Corey Robinson type career, where it's like, you know, wasn't like ever a go to guy, like maybe you thought as a freshman, but like two touchdowns against Florida State in 2014, um, he had a big game against Syracuse there. But it's like never did big numbers, but like he had moments. And I think that can be Deion Colsey. I think that can be what it is. And I think that's fine, right? I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any uh, kind of problem with that. Yeah, he'll help the team. Yeah. Uh, Funk Beavis says, Who scares you more, Zachariah Branch or Marvin Harrison Jr.? That's a good question. I mean, it's a tie. <laughs> there, I mean, I think that's the thing, right? Is that, um, I mean, Mar- Harrison, I guess, because he's going to play more, you know, branch is, is every time he's on the field, it's, um, it's a pro it's, it's a problem, but it's kind of like playing Reggie Bush when he's, uh, you know, a junior compared to playing Reggie Bush when, when he was a freshman, you know, like, yeah, that, that's the way. So yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's Harrison, um, but I mean, branch because I mean the return game and all that kind of stuff too, right? But they're uh, those guys are really good. They're really good players, right? Like, and, and it's that's the thing so far, right? Is on defense, Notre Dame hasn't had to play a guy that has that. It's like okay, this guy is like a game wrecker. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, they have to game plan for Brandon Armstrong in a certain way, but it's like okay, well you're playing USC and it's like, you have to do all these things to make sure you're doing to, to, to stop Caleb Williams, but he's got all these weapons around him. And that's why that's, that's why it's so tough. And it's the same thing with, 
Marvin Harrison Jr. It's not like you can go and say like, well, we're going to double him the whole game. Mm-hmm. And if, cause if you do, you leave chances, then all of a sudden you can't like sing. You, if you single a Mecca the whole game, it's probably not going to go well. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. just, there's, you have to do different things. And it's like, that's where, uh, you know, Al gold and defense that that's where they really earn their money. Right. You got to be able to do it. And uh, Marty Biagi too. Like he's, he, they have to be really smart because even some of these ones, it's like great that, um, uh, McPherson averaged 50 yards a punt. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like he can't get like that against USC. Like yeah. there has to be a plan. Um, and with Schrader too, the plan has to be at the end zone every time. Like yeah. it's, it's got, that's what you got to do. Yeah. You want to have a plan, whether you're, you know, the Notre Dame defensive coordinator or the Notre Dame special teams coach, or if you're starting a business, Jamie, you got to have a plan. <laughs> and, and part of that plan is, uh, is using social media and brand to, uh, to diversify your business. And if you want to do that, then you're going to want to contact VSR Media, founded by Notre Dame football pregame host and Emmy Award-winning anchor, Vahid Sadwazadeh. VSR Media provides a professional and cinematic video and photo. Whether you're looking for a collegiate or pro-level highlight reel, have a personal story to tell, or are just aiming to diversify and grow your business, VSR Media specializes in short and long-form video storytelling, social media management, website design. VSR Media also captures professional headshots, senior, and sports photos. Contact them at vsrmediacompany.com. Mention Irish Sports Daily and receive 20% off your first project. Visit them online or give them a call at 574-800-9106. You want to get recruited, Jamie? You got to have a plan. You got to have a plan. <laughs> call VSR Media Company and they'll hook you up. Mention Irish Sports Daily, 20% off. All right. Next question here. Uh, uh, Drew Brennan, 77, asks, uh, here we go. Going to imagine this week that this weekend is not one we'll see Notre Dame continue to reveal wrinkles from an offensive perspective. Imagine that we'll be saving that till OSU in two weeks. Uh, with that being the case, what would be some wrinkles that you would like to see from the offense to keep other defenses guessing? Two back sets, five wide. Their depth and personnel. Could we possibly see what? What could we possibly see from Coach Parker? Um, a little bit. Yeah, I I think you know, it's, it's just one of these things too, right. Where this is the kind of game you show anything you're showing it specifically for Ohio State. It's like better prepare for this. Yeah. Better. You better be spending time on this. Like that's just everything. It's like how the old Lou Holtz, it's like, well, we're running a fake punt here. Not because we want to convert this fake punt, but because we want that net, the next, we want team, to practice it. We want to practice it. Right. So um, that's, it's definitely a thing. So um I mean, I don't even, I mean, I think we kind of got into like, I think t- more 21 stuff I think is great. Um, I really liked what they did in the first game with uh, everything they did with 12 personnel in terms of like spreading them out when they did it. Right. Yeah. So I'd love to see more of that. Um, I, I don't think, I just don't think Notre Dame is like, you can go like, is kind of built. You can do a little bit of 10, right. Where you're, you know, you get the four wide kind of thing. Right. But like, I just don't really think that's like a good, that doesn't suit Notre Dame. 
You know what I mean? You're th that means you're taking off um, players that are probably better off the field. And I just don't think that. So I think you do a little bit of that. I think that's, I think it's good to kind of have that in your bag, just kind of like it's good to have like 21 personnel in your bag. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't really know if there's anything specifically, um, you know, that I can think of that, you know, really stands out that I would want them to show. I don't know. So I think there's like the offshoots of what they've already run. Right. So like you're leaking, uh, you're leaking stays into the flat there. Instead of sending them to the flat, send them up, send them down the sideline. Right. Like, cause they're going to practice. What are they going to practice against? They're going to practice running into the flat. And when you run to the flat, what do you want to do? Like you don't, you don't try to get to the upfield shoulder. You want to get to the downfield shoulder because you want to jump in front and pick off the pass, right? So send them down the sideline. You're going to out-leverage the DB there. Uh, when you roll right and you throw to the tight end, look for them to leak a tight end the other way, right? Like the throwback to the tight end, which is always open. Like look for that, right? Because you show them something on film. They prepare for that thing, and then you run the natural progression off of that that they're not ready for. Like that's the kind of thing that I think we would see. Um, not on offense, Jamie, but I was really thinking about the, uh, and it, I, I need to find it on Twitter. Cause it's, it's a, it's a good illustration of what I'm talking about. Cause describing it here, might be a little bit confusing, but the, the robber switch defense. Um, I wonder if, I wonder if Al Golden will implement that for something like USC, because, what Notre Dame did in this game is you have one of the safeties sitting in the middle of the field. Everyone else is playing man. And what will happen is you'll get double, you'll get basically double crossers. And, you know, now that you've shown, again, now that you've shown it on film, what they'll do is they'll just instruct the, the quarterback to like, Hey, we're going to send one crosser. The, the robber will jump that. You throw it to the crosser behind who will be open because there's no robber in the middle of the field anymore. Well, what you can do is when the robber jumps, when the robber jumps the original crosser, the man covering that crosser then breaks off and switches. They basically pass them off, and then that player becomes the robber. We saw this with Cincinnati. Uh, and I've showed this to you. And I was actually looking for it yesterday and I couldn't find it. But I showed this to you. I was like, man, that is a killer defense. Like that is because yeah. the quarterback thinks, oh, he's going to come free and you switch robber and he'll throw it right to the guy. Like stuff like that is where it's like we showed it to Brennan Armstrong. We're going to show we're going to show the next offshoot of that to Caleb Williams. Try to get him to throw you the ball yeah. there. So it's things like that where it's like that could come up. Um, but we'll see if Notre Dame has that in their bag. Right. That's it's a pretty sophisticated defense to run. Um, but you know, look, you got to do stuff like that against, uh, against the really good teams. Um, Coley one, two, three, put you on the spot. Final ranking over under seven and a half. What do you think, James? I mean, I think that no one should care about the rankings <laughs> at all. Well, like it's, you, but, you, yeah. you, you picked, you picked 11 and one, right? Yeah. So if they I mean, under, one, they will be in the under, top seven. yeah, Un under would be my pick, but, but. I'm just saying, like, I look at, you know, every time, oh, the AP's out, you know, Notre Dame is out. Yeah. Notre Dame dropped to 11, but what? They won against it. Who cares? Because none of it matters because all of it is just like, 
like I just see like uh, Kirk Herbstreit releases his top five uh, or his top four, and then his others just missing out, right? Like he, like ESPN probably, you know, they do a um, they do a graphic with it, right? It's like he does it every week, right? He's he's, he's got to do it, and yeah. I'm sure there's like Notre Dame fans who are like, like, like screw you, Kirby, Kirby's like Herbie's <laughs> like doesn't put Notre Dame here, like there's all that kind of stuff, right? And yeah. just like yeah, and and. Um, like I saw, and I just, I was just interested because he put um, the top coaches of of the league, right? And I'm just, I'm always wondering because I'm like, this guy's working this game. He's not actually watching most of these games, right? So he's just like actually just kind of like seeing what happened, right? Like he's seeing the highlights for the most part. Yeah, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. the guy isn't grinding tape during the week or whatever. I don't, I, I don't think he is grinding tape. I don't so think he is. Know. Cause he's also doing the <laughs> Thursday night NFL. So yeah, right, he's not, exactly. but he's not, but anyways, like, you know, he's putting out these, the week. So I'm like, people take it too personally when, when they see it, but I just wanted to see, and, and cause he just put it out uh, tweet. And I'm like, I want to see what the comments are. Cause I want to see like, if like, and first comment is some Notre Dame fan, like with all due respect, Marcus Freeman should have been number two on this. Like, I was just like, okay. Like I just, and, and maybe you could you make that argument for it, but it's like, it's just one of these things. It's like impossible to argue just like the rankings, right? Like someone asked for power. It's like, who's your top five in the country. And I'm like, it's week two, man. Like, t- yeah. like Texas beat Alabama. Texas is number one, like pretty much because nobody else has played anybody of that caliber yet. Right. So it's like, yeah. you can't really say, I could say that if, Here's the thing: if if Notre Dame ends up going undefeated f- from Ohio State past USC, and they're undefeated there, no one w- will have beat Ohio State and USC on the thing. They should hundred percent be number one. I don't care what anybody else has done; that they should be number one. But it in the end, it won't even matter if they end up like laying an egg later on, right? It's just like. I just never get caught up in the rankings anymore because with the, with the playoff, especially when it's going to be 12 team, it's like someone could be ranked like 11th for like a good portion of the year. It doesn't matter until the very end really. Yeah. Like how do you evaluate a team like Michigan right now? Impossible. It can't, they don't, they haven't played anybody. Their coach is not even there, you know? And they're doing salutes, but whatever. I I, I don't know how. I, know, yeah. I don't know how you. Uh, yeah. I don't know how you evaluate that. Uh, Jacob Paulus said, "32 personnel, full house, T formation." I, if there was ever a team, this is the team for that. I know. Yeah. I could totally see estimate middle, Payne right, or Jeremiah Love right. If you want to do that, and then uh, Jodarian Price. Like I could see all those guys. They could all run for power. I, I think that would be totally fine. I, I, I would love to see that. In fact, if they do see that, like people will run out of the stands. Like old men will run out of the stands and like jump on the field and like hug Marcus Freeman and they'll like sing songs to Jared Parker for bringing back the full house backfield. It would be great. Uh, Mark Hughes says, um, with the great outcome of our two minute offense, do you think we should be running up tempo more often? It's kind of hard with with it's kind of hard with tight ends. They get tired, you know. You wanna, you don't I also wanna think, freak them out. I also think too, right? It becomes like a, it's like it's been successful, but then people just want to take that into a certain thing. It's like, it's like the question about unbalance. It's like, 
well, they should run on balance all the time. It's like, well, no, they shouldn't because then it takes out the novelty of like them having to prepare for that yeah. and then adjusting and then all the counters you can do. Cause if that was your base offense, well, that's easier to prepare for it. Right. So yeah. it's like, it's, it's one of those things, right. Where, um, yeah, like you said, with the, with the tight ends too, but also like Notre Dame does a lot of stuff where I think it's important to huddle because they're calling plays that there's, there's a lot of moving parts like pre and post snap for, for Notre Dame's offense. And I think it's important and it's important for like the success of the offense. So yeah, um, yeah I don't, I don't think that they should switch to, to, to that. I mean, add it in a little bit more if you're kind of not having success. Yeah. I'm all, I'm always for that. I think that's the whole point of having that in your bag. Right. You probably would if you started losing. Yeah. Notre Dame hasn't been losing yet. So like if you're in control of the game, you don't need to be going super fast, you know, yeah. but if you fall down in a the game, then yeah, maybe you speed things up. Uh, I think this is the last question. All right. Do you think Coogan moves to center next year to free up a spot for Billy Shroud? No, I thought this was a really good question because um, I think it's well, Irish Bronx small... should say that yeah. Irish Bronx question. Uh, because there's like a bunch of possibilities for next year. One, Zeke Carell can come back. I don't know if people mm-hmm. know that. He can come back for a sixth year. So that's a possibility. So Zeke Carell could come back. You know, if he's gone, could they move Coogan into center? And it's like, Shrout, maybe. Uh, they also like Ashton Craig. And, uh, you know, right now he's the number two center. So I guess it's – it. I think it's all going to be about finding the best five. Like, I mean, it sounds cliche, but that that's kind of what it's about, right? Is, is finding those best guys. So it's like, if Shrouth is so good that they're like, we got to get this guy on the field. I mean, then that could happen. But also too, look at what happened with Andrew Christoffic. Like yeah, everyone would have said Andrew Christoffic. You're like, okay. Yeah. He did a solid job, you know, and then the back half of 2021, Pencil him in next two years. He's going to be the starter. Then instead of, you know, that, instead of that happening, they move uh, Patterson to left guard. Corral comes in at center. And then you're like, okay, well now's, you know, Kristoffic's uh, time. He's going to get, yeah. doesn't start. I don't even think he's the third guard. Right. Shrouth is probably had, I mean, Kristoffic uh, probably gets, gets in a game if it's whatever, but like, it's not a hundred percent a guarantee, right? That, 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 that is, but like, so it's like, keep the competition going and, and we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, but it's a good question. And it kind of, it brings up that there's a bunch of possibilities there. Um, but, and that's good. You always want to have those possibilities because then you can pick the best guys rather than saying like, well, now Coogan has to move to center because they don't got anybody else. Like, you don't want that to be the situation. Yeah. And so, yeah, Zeke Carell is playing for his spot next year, basically, if he wants it, right? Maybe he, maybe they already know what he wants to do. Maybe he wants to move on. But uh, it will be interesting to to see how that plays out because um, you have a natural center there in Ashton Craig, uh, but you also have a guy that they really like in Billy Shrouth just sitting there, and Pat Coogan's playing all the time. So, um <clears throat> And then you've also got the situation with uh, with Joe Alt, who 
more than likely will not be on the Notre Dame team next year. So that's also sitting there. So a lot, lot going on for Notre Dame there. All right, Jamie, that's it. We're going to leave it there. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, if this is your first time catching us, please hit the subscribe button. That would really help us out. We would love to have you back. We love uh, everyone in the chat. It was a really good conversation today. Had a good time. Uh, please hit the like button. Please, uh, like I said, subscribe to the show. Hit the notification bell so you know we're going live. We'll be back on Thursday uh, talking about Central Michigan and other uh, Notre Dame football team-related topics. So have a good rest of your Tuesday, everyone, and we will talk to you on Thursday.